0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. But today we finish Sell Out, the last week of this series about Daniel. Uh, uh, Evie, give me 25 minutes. Let's jump into God's Word. Although this book of Daniel was written thousands of years ago, it's a prophetic book. Prophetic means it was written a long time ago. But the themes and the messages in that book are relevant for you and me today. And as we studied this prophetic book of Daniel, it really spoke to us as a people of God. How do we stand up for Him? How do we not sell out? How do we influence well? And Daniel is is our example. And the book of Daniel gives us some very specific messages. If you've missed any of those or you're new, uh, you can look online. uh, You can go to YouTube. You can go uh, and and see our messages in this series sell out. But today is a, uh, as I wrap it up, it might be the most confronting theme of all. Life is short. Life is short. Life is short. If you Google, life is short, it's one of the most Googled questions out there. 4.9 billion results. If you Google, life is short. That's more than Googling about God or money or sex. The most Googled question is, what time is it? (laughs) It's at 4.2 billion. It's... uh. Uh, 10, 1032, if you if you want to know, uh, one of the other most googled questions. I don't know why. I just study, and I I have an inquisitive mind. One of the other most in googled questions is when is Mother's Day. When is Mother's Day? That's a good one to get right. May 8th, for those who don't know. You can have to Google that. So if people are so interested in life is short, one of the most Googled questions, 4.9 billion, uh, life is short. If that is one of the most Googled questions, why do so many people live like we have all the time in the world? It's interesting, isn't it? If we're so focused on how short life is, why do we live as if we've got forever? Or another way to say it is, why do we live As if this is the only life we will ever live. There is an eternity that we don't often talk about. And today we're going to look at the book of Daniel that addresses this issue. Daniel 5 verse 1. Let's jump in. King Belshazzar had a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. He's the king of Babylon. Suddenly... The fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. Now, some of you have had some pretty wild parties. Pre-Christ days, pre-salvation, all right? In your early days, or maybe recently, where you've had some pretty... I mean, the movie Hangover is, is nothing compared to what some of you have been through. Don't say amen but but you remember those pre-Christ days, pre-Christ, okay? It's okay pre-Christ, you didn't know but now you do pre-Christ days what what but I don't think anybody has had this hand float through the air and start to write something on the wall. This was pretty bizarre. This is like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. Has anyone heard the saying, the writings on the wall? We hear it all the time. In fact, Hayden, Matty Hayden, the the, the cricketer, uh, said the writing was on the wall about uh, J.L. six months ago when when sort of the locker room turned against him for those cricket fans, or maybe not. But, But we hear the writing on the wall is quite common. Did you know the writing on the wall came from Scripture? It came from this story. It's amazing how the Bible permeates our world and we don't even know it. The writing was on the wall. It means imminent doom, misfortune, That everyone can see the disaster coming except the person it's happening to. Verse 8. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing uh, that the king, to tell him him what it meant. So King Pelshazzar became even more terrified. And his face grew pale. His nobles were baffled. This is the inscription that was written. Many, many tekelpazin. It's three Aramaic words, not Hebrew words, Aramaic words. Now, this was a language that the Babylons understood. But they couldn't understand the meaning. How often in life do we miss the signs that we should be seeing? We miss the signs that the Holy Spirit might be prompting. We miss the signs that seem obvious to everyone else but often aren't obvious to ourselves. Often there's that self-deception. We miss the sign of a child looking up wanting some time. We miss the look from our spouse that, you know that look, it's time to, to, to give her some love and attention. We, we, we miss the time where our heart or our emotions or our feelings sort of cause us to react a certain way. And we realize, Man, I need to spend some time with my Lord and Savior to get sharp in his presence. So often we miss the signs. So Daniel was brought before the king to interpret this writing on the wall. And here's what these words mean. Many means numbered. God has numbered your days and your reign has been brought to an end. Tekel means weighed. You've been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. Pazin means divided. Your, your kingdom had been divided and given to the medes and the persons. Then Belshazzar commanded Daniel to be clothed with purple, a gold chain placed around his neck, and is proclaimed to be third highest in the rule of the kingdom. It's interesting that Daniel rose to these positions of authority not by being demonstrative or, or obstinate or, or demanding. But it was the giftedness. It was the call of God on his life where the Bible says your your, your gift will make way for you. He was consistently brought into authority because of his uh, calling on his life being true to his faith. So his job was to stay on his knees three times a day to stay close to God. God took care of the rest and put him into these positions of prominence. And so that very night, Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, was slain. Our lives are slipping through our hands like water. And if we don't fa- uh, focus on what matters most, we may lose something precious and irreplaceable. But it's not too late. This is a challenging message that was given to Belshazzar, but I believe these words and these scriptures are for us today. Our days are numbered, our days are measured, don't be divided. I want to teach on that through God's Word and how that can impact us. And I believe it can focus us to make sure we seize the day that we are accountable to the time that God has given us, that we make good choices, we be wise to use the time that we have for His kingdom and for His glory. I know this is a bit of a heavy time. Some of us have gone through significant loss, and I I, I stand with you, Ian. I, I pray for you daily. And others have had loss in this season. I get that. But I believe We can use this time from God's word to focus us, to make sure we make the most of the time that God has given us on this earth. I'll never forget just a couple years ago, I got a phone call from a family friend, and they were in church together, and we had similar kids' age, and it was Jenny. And she said, Matt, her son, and Jeff, her husband, hadn't arrived on their light aircraft for a business trip. And I'm like, oh. Well, how long are they late? She said, oh, "I was about half an hour, but in aviation, that's, that's a fair while. So I jumped straight over and drove to their house, and we prayed. And we stood, and we believed, and we spent the afternoon together. But as the sort of minutes ticked on and the hours ticked on, it was sort of inevitable that um, they'd gone missing. And often in a light aircraft, when you go missing, the, the chances are, are, are pretty unlikely that uh, you would survive. And I don't know what to do. You know, I'm just the pastor, but I don't have some superpower that has all the answers. I just cry with people and show up and just love on them and try to keep my eyes on Christ and, and the hope that he has. And I don't know what you do in grief, but some of us clean. And I just started, I'm not a clean freak. My wife is, but I just started cleaning the pool and I'm, I got the blower and I'm blowing and it's not even my house. I just, I, I don't know how to cope, Right. With this thought, and, and as the afternoon went on, ultimately the, the great men and women in blue knocked on the door of the police and gave the news that the plane had crashed and those lives had been lost. And in an instant, everything changed. My good mate, Jeff, um, his son, Matty, was similar age to my daughter. We, we, they grew up together. And um, in that moment, it, 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 everything changed. And we just don't know how much time we have on this earth Psalms 39 4 Lord remind me how brief my time on earth will be I was worried this would happen (laughs) because of the pain that so many of us are going through at the moment with some losses in our church family. It's like, God, can you not give me a better timing to deliver this word? Remind me that my days are numbered. The truth is our days are numbered. And as much as we don't like hearing this, It's better to be reminded when we have something we can do about it than be reminded when it's too late. I have a funeral I have to do this week in our Hills Church on Thursday. And often I leave these types of messages for those moments. But I believe this word is for all of us, young or old, wherever we're at, to realize that we have a certain number of days. And I want to teach us through Scripture. What do we do with that? How, How does that cause us to focus how does that cause us to, to, to take advantage of the life God has so preciously given to us? Thought number one, have a heavenly mindset. A heavenly mindset. Many means numbered. So Belshazzar's greatest sin was how he wasted his life partying, getting drunk. If we live with the truth that we have a finite amount of time, a limited number of days, I believe we would make better decisions. Because so many things really don't matter in eternity. Teach us, Psalms 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days and recognise how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. If you have a year to live, what would you do differently? What would you cut? What would you add Sometimes we live like we've got all the time in the world, but the Bible clearly says, teach us, God, to live our days wisely, to to use our time effectively, to, to focus these emotions that we often feel that we don't want to talk about can help us to live a positive life well on this earth. As I was writing this, this message two weeks ago, it kind of hit home, my 16-year-old my uh, Finney. I've got five kids, Finn's number three. And he, he walks in and I'm actually writing this message and he says, hey, happy birthday, Dad. And he says, bro, your hair's gone all white. <laughs> like it used to be salt and pepper, but now it's just all salt, bro. And he's like talking to me like this. Now, where's the respect. And, and he's like, man. And he's like making a big deal about it. And I'm like, I'm writing this message. My days are numbered. You know, I'm getting old. And he's telling me how much white hair I have. And, 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 and he says, I oh, says, oh, you know, you it used to be salt and pepper. But now it's all salt with a dash of pepper. Dash of pepper, he says. And then he's, he walks away and he says, ah, oh, you're getting old, bro. And, and I'm like, and, and then and a couple of days before I was walking the dogs, we got this farm dog in a suburbia. I don't know how that happened, but it's just a full on, like, just, just goes. And he, uh, we don't walk the dog, he walks us. So we, we get on the skateboard and, and he'll tow us around su- the suburb fast. And anyway, I jumped off and I did my calf. And it was just, you know, that when you look, I just got a vent for a little bit. You know, when you get a bit older and suddenly something happens, and you're like, oh, you know, that, like, oh, my back, or, or you're like a baby elephant trying to get out in the morning, and it just takes you a while to sort of warm up with all the, I'm starting to feel all that, and I get this calf muscle that something happened, I'm like, I couldn't even walk, I had to call Bonnie to get me and the dog and the skateboard, So and Bonnie, what's wrong, I don't want to talk about it, why am I picking you up, I don't want to talk about it! You've got an ailment. You're not going to tell everyone oh, to talk. I'll be fine. Well, what's wrong? Do we need to go to the doctor? No. We need to go to the doctor. I'm a man of faith. And, and so I'm, I'm hobbling. I've got salt, no pepper. And I'm like, God, help me. It's all over. <laughs> we must have a heavenly mindset. What does that mean? We must be eternity focused. I mean, we're going to live this life. I get it. But we've got to be eternally focused. John 14 verse 1. Don't, don't let your heart be troubled. You are trusting God. Now trust in me. There are many, many homes up there where my father lives. And I'm going to prepare them for you coming. Praise the Lord I don't have to get a loan based on Sydney prices for these homes. would never have one. But God's got them. No interest. They're just sitting there. How cool is that place? <laughs> Let's go there. Um so, so it starts off in verse 1, don't be troubled. Why, why, why are we not troubled? It's not because our troubles go away, but it's because heaven is coming. That we have a hope for our future and our eternity. That Kathy is looking down, as Ian said earlier, keeping an eye on you. <laughs> waiting that there is a hope with a heavenly mindset. It's almost a gift in a strange way when you lose a loved one, it connects you with eternity more than before. Christ offers a better now, but he offers us a better place for e- forever. It's called eternity. Paul was threatened with enemies and death. And he responded, And how did you respond like this? You know, whether I live or die, it's it's all gain, he says. For me, living means opportunities for Christ and dying. Well, that's better yet. How do you live that way? By having a heavenly mindset. John gives us perspective of heaven in Romans 21.4. He'll wipe away our tears from our eyes and there'll be no more death. No more sorrow. No more crying. Some of you have seen the suffering and pain of humanity on this earth. It's horrible. No crying, no pain, for all that has gone. As followers of Christ, we keep a a heavenly mindset. Are we good with that? Don't, Don't forget it. Keep a heavenly mindset. Secondly, as followers of Christ, we follow God's purpose. So tekel means you have been weighed. Not only are our days numbered, but we're going to be held accountable for them. Now that's a bit of a wake-up call. Not not only do we have limited time, but God will weigh our time on this earth. If your life was weighed today, what would the scales say? Would your life be found wanting in God's eyes? This, This haunts me. This, this knowledge, this understanding. I never want to get to heaven and regret my time on earth. Ignatius, a famous early Christian writer that Evie so eloquently told me, it's not Ignatius, it's Ignatius. Thank you, Evie. Uh, it was reported when he heard the clock strike, he would say, here is one hour more now past that I have to answer for. Whew. We all have to answer and give an account to our God. We will face our maker, every one of us. We'd no, none of us get a pass. What was challenging for me is growing up on the northern beaches, it was all about getting ahead. My dad was a workaholic, a hard worker, and he instilled that my purpose in life was to get ahead. And so early on, we got ahead with our house, and then we had to get ahead. We had to have that two-week uh, timeshare in Perisher Valley, which was fun. I, I I didn't mind that. And then every year in the summer, we'd have to get ahead by getting our trip overseas to Bali or Vanuatu or or Fiji. We did that, and we didn't like we didn't mind that. And then we had to get get ahead by uh, getting our summer house on Scotland Island in Pittwater, which we did, and we kept getting ahead, and then we had to get a unit in Manly for income and rental, because we had to get ahead, but then I look back, and I never knew him. We never had one conversation. Never heard him say, good job, son. Never never felt his hand on my shoulder. Never heard the words, I'm proud of you. Never heard the words... How are you doing, son? It it was work. It was get ahead. And then I started to think, who am I trying to get ahead of? (laughs) Who cares what my neighbor's doing? I'm not going to give an account to my neighbor or to my parents or to my boss or to my children or to my spouse. I have to give account to my God. And so we have to understand we need to live our life on purpose. Psalms 139 verse 16, you saw me before I was born, every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed, you were born, you were created with a purpose in mind, it weren't by random or chance, it didn't just happen, it weren't just a COVID baby, no, no, God had a plan for you, he has a destiny for you, he has a purpose for you. Only God knows that purpose. Only God gives us that divine future. Now, let's get real for a minute. This whole God purpose thing is complicated. It's layered. It's confusing. So, you know, I, I want to build God's kingdom. That's his purpose. But I've also got to raise my family. I, I've, 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 I've got to have a ministry but I've also got to pay my way and put food on the table. You know, I've, I've, I've got to seek God and worship Him and learn about Him. But I also have to work eight hours a day well and, and succeed in my job. And, and this whole purpose thing, I think for Christians, it's so confusing. Because you end up doing one or the other. Well, I'll go all in ministry, but then I'm broke and I'm not working. And so I can't pay my bills. It's God's problem. Or I'll go all into work and I'll succeed in career, but I won't realize that God's put me there for actually a higher purpose. No, not to just succeed in my office space, but to have influence in that place. And so sometimes we can get, re- it can be really, and these preachers come up here, God goes, God's purpose. It's easy for you, preacher boy. You know, you're getting paid by the church to do what you do. I've got to work. <laughs> i I, I got to show up. I, I've got to gotta do Some hard things. So we have to understand that at the end of the day, God weighs your purpose. And He's the one you have to go before as you weigh up your purpose. He's the one you're going to answer to. As you look at your life and what you do and what is your purpose, make sure you recognize that God is the one who will weigh your days. Don't try and impress your boss or your parents or your pastor or your kids or whoever it might be. It's God we live for. He's the one who gives us the purpose. When our purpose lines up with God's purpose, that's where the power comes. And and when we're at our work and God's called us to that work and we're doing everything for the glory of God, we're working well and hard, then that's where God's favor comes. And that's where God's goodness comes. One day, you will be weighed. I'm not saying you all have to quit your jobs and run to the hills and, and, and uh, you know, start a, a seminary. But I do want you to know your days are numbered and they're measured. And let's go before God regularly to make sure our days are submitted to our God. And the last word is don't be divided. Parson, your king will be divided and given to the Medes and the uh, Persians. So the great Babylon fell from the inside out. So what happened was King Sirius of Persia, he diverted the flow of the Euphrates River into a nearby swamp. It lowered the level of the river, allowing his troops to march under the river gates. Uh, They would not have been able to enter the city of Babylon Had not the bronze gates of the inner walls been left inexplicably unlocked from someone within. So the whole of the Babylonian city fell from within. And what we need to understand as followers of Christ, so often where we can fall is from within. When we're divided in ourselves and where we suddenly start to think, okay, uh, do I live for God or do I live for the world? So Jesus addresses this in John when he says, you're in the world, but you're not of it. So we're in the world. We're, we're light, we're salt, we're His witnesses. We're, we're called to influence, not to run and hide and create a sect or a cult. But we're not of the world. We don't act like the world. We, we're different. We should stand out. The Bible calls us ambassadors. Why this is important is we need to be united in who we are. We we, we can't be divided internally. We can't act one way on a Monday and some different way on a Sunday. There needs to be consistency in who we are. That we're the same here on this platform as we are at home doing the washing up. That we keep it real. That we be unified in who we are. We're Christ's ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to the Lord. Paul sees that he serves in a foreign land as a representative of the King. The King has a message. And Paul is delivering that message. It's called the good news. We are the same. Our King is Jesus. We are unified within, under Jesus as our Lord of our lives. We don't live two different lives. We don't get confused. We stay united that we are ambassadors. Now ambassadors don't speak on their own authority or their own opinions. They simply say what they're commissioned to do. And we're unified in our great commission to share the good news. That we're representatives of the King. We must be united, not divided. We must be united in ourselves of who we are. We must be united in our church, that Christ is our Lord. We must stay united because when we're divided, that's where we fall. I'll finish with this verse. Jo- Joseph, sorry, Joshua um, has taken over from Moses. If you remember, he was a young man, crossed the Jordan and entered the promised land. And he led uh, the children of Israel and led them to great victories in the promised land. And so Joshua's old and uh, he's giving his last speech. What's he going to say as he leaves this earth? What word would he deposit? into the hearts of the Israelites to keep them on track. What would you do if you had one thing to say to your kids? one, one, one conversation, one sentence, one what would it be? What what would you say? Joshua 24:14 he says these words. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worship when they live beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors down beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Now, here's my mantra my statement my vision that uh, probably my favorite verse in the whole bible that i've always uh, had for 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 my life but as for me and my family we will serve the lord as for me and my family we will serve the lord many our days are numbered tackle our days are weighed parson don't be divided father i pray that you would speak to all of us today. That as we contemplate our life, as we reflect on our days, as we look forward to our future, let these words from the book of Daniel resonate in our hearts. Let them echo that they never end, reminding us time is short. Our days are numbered. And I don't know where you're at today, but with heads bowed and eyes closed I want to ask you are you right with God you see we're all born sinners and we need Jesus to be our Lord and our Savior to forgive us and might I be so bold as to ask this if you died today on your way home some freak car accident are you assured of your salvation are you convinced of where you'll spend eternity. Because heaven and hell is real. It's a long time to spend in the wrong place. And um, sometimes we forget that as Christians. We're playing for a much, much, much bigger, bigger stake. Bigger bigger role. Bigger reward. It's heaven and hell. And I'm not saying that to, to put fear into you or to manipulate you. him or Hear my heart, I, I care about you. I love you. I want to see your eternity secured in heaven. And if you need Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior with eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, I I need it. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Others, thank you. I see your hand. Others down. You're not sure. Just raise your hand. Because coming to that realization allows God to move into your life and forgive you. That's the gospel. Others, just raise your hand. You're not sure where you are with God. Today's your day to put your life right with Jesus Christ to surrender to Him so you'll be saved. Just raise your hand with these others and we'll pray. Let's all pray out loud. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. My days are numbered. I need to go to heaven. You're my Savior. Forgive me. Be my Lord. I want to follow You and serve You all the days of my life. I know it's quite a somber, heavy moment with that message, but I think we can celebrate those that made a decision for Christ today. We we give joy. This may be the most important moment of the service right here, right now. As we worship our God and we reflect on our days, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to some of you. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you and also challenge you. I believe as we turn to our God and we look to Him, He's more than enough. He's well able. See our kids find their way to Him. See our lives um, be uh, found faithful. He's well able to move in our church and see it grow and, and people come to Christ and lives changed. Let's stand to our feet as we worship. Let God speak to you as we put Him first in our lives.